1: just go to PorkBun.com forward slash fm 24 That's PorkBun, porkbu com forward slash fm 24 You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. I have to say it was pretty cool hearing Bob Mesta interview one of your attendees of industry, your conference, in the last two episodes of Rocket Ship.
0: Yeah, it was even cooler for me, believe me. And by the way, listeners, if if you don't know what we're talking about, Bob Mesta, who was the co-architect of the Jobs Be Done framework, he's been helping us out at Product Collective with using Jobs Be Done to create a better product for our customers. And of course, our product is our conference industry, the product conference, and our customers our product people, most often software product managers.
1: And in the last two episodes, we released a full jobs to be done interview that Bob Mesta did with one of the industry attendees. So definitely go back and check those episodes out if you haven't yet. Yes,
0: definitely do that.
1: So I'm sure it was a great experience for you getting to have someone like Bob help conduct an interview like that to help you learn more about the process, more about your attendees. But did it really
0: help? It helped a ton. I mean, just after one single interview, we ended up adding a brand new feature to our conference, which has actually already won us over so many points with our attendees. For real? What's that? Well, I will fill you in in just
1: a bit. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. In season four of Rocketship, we are diving into everything product and growth. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, where your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito, Okay, so we heard the full interview, and it did sound like you could learn a ton from it. I'm curious what specifically you pulled out from it that led you to adding a new feature. I'm also curious what feature was it? Okay, well, I will definitely
0: get to that. But first, I do want to mention how this interview really opened up my eyes, more so than any other attendee interviews that I've done in the past, because we've definitely done attendee interviews before Bob started helping us. And it's because of the way that Bob conducted the interview.
1: Well... That's a great place to start. So what about Bob's technique makes it different? I
0: think the number one thing that made it so different was just the level of detail that Bob pulled out of, in this case, Matt Raglan, who's an onboarding lead at ConvertKit. That was the person that Bob interviewed. And I mentioned this before when we recorded episodes about jobs to be done, but in the past... I've always been just kind of hesitant to take too much time away from an attendee when they agree to do an interview with me. I'm just trying to be respectful of their time. So it just feels like asking for a full hour to dig in with them on even like personal aspects about their life, which Bob actually gets into. It just seemed like it might be a little overboard.
1: Yeah. Well, Bob really does go deep in his interviews, doesn't he? Yeah. Very, very deep. So why does Bob say that he goes you know, as deep into the details as he does? Yeah. Well, it has to
0: really do with trying to pull things out of this person that he's interviewing. So he talks about these interviews as almost like being the source of a documentary that he's trying to create about this person's experience with a product. So. In order to do that, he has to know every single detail. He has to know, you know, where this person was when they first encountered the product. What did this person actually do? Did they immediately purchase the product? Probably not. But if it took them three months to purchase,
1: What were the things that happened within those three months that led them to finally purchasing? Right, because when you think about it, it's not just about the three months going by and then they're going to purchase, right? There's some sort of sequence that a person goes through and it ultimately leads them to buying, no matter what kind of product it is. Yeah, exactly. So why does that matter?
0: It matters for so many reasons. So first, if, for instance, we learn that an attendee takes three months from the time they learn about the conference to when they purchase, but in that time, they have to submit a proposal to their boss and have a meeting to defend why they want to attend this conference and why it will benefit them and the company. Well, maybe there's something that we can create to help arm them, to help them sort of submit that proposal and get it approved.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And we do see this in many conferences, right? That PDF, how to sell this conference to your boss.
0: That's right. And this example is a generic one, but Bob helped us get into a lot of detail with Matt. In these interviews, Bob's always searching for the struggles, like what leads somebody to even needing this product? And also the pushes and the pulls, the things that actually lead people to ultimately purchasing the
1: product. So if we look at Matt Raglin, what were his pushes and pulls in this case?
0: Well, let me cut to a part of the recap call that I had with Bob immediately afterwards. Um, okay, here we go.
2: Real struggling moment. The pushes, what pushed him to do this, right? One was the fact that, that um, he has this desire, right? And you could say it's a pull, but, but it's really a push in his mind. Like, I need, I need to be, I'm good at customer service, but I'm not so good at the technical side. And I got a review recently about that. And that I need to do something about it. So that's clearly a yeah. push, right? Yep. And, 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 and so, but I think that's the only push that was really there. He didn't spend a whole, but the, the reason is, is, the reason why I say that is there's not a whole lot of energy speaking here. Like if he was going to lose his job, we would have seen a lot more energy.
1: Ah, So I remember Matt saying that in conversations he had with his boss, he needed to level up on his technical skills, right? To cross over from onboarding into a more product focused role. And that conversation was considered a major push for him.
0: That's right. And those pushes and pulls, they're helpful to know so we can understand how to market industry. It could be as small as the language that we're using. So for instance, in some marketing copy on our website, We're now actually using the term level up your skills and enhance your career. And look, this was one interview, just one phrase that was used. It's not like we think Matt Raglin represents all attendees necessarily.
1: Right. But you can make a judgment call as you conduct these interviews, like some things you may need to hear a couple of times, right? And and then you're like, okay, this is probably important to start incorporating into our marketing. But some things might just click with you and you make that gut call that let's try that on the marketing page right now. Exactly, for sure. So there were pushes and pulls.
0: And also anxieties. That's another thing that Bob digs into. Like, what are the anxieties that somebody feels related to whether or not they have a need for a certain product? Or what are the anxieties about using the actual product? I want to play one more part of the post-interview call that we had with Bob. uh, And we start to dig into this a little bit. All right, here we go.
2: So the anxiety. So there was was three really big anxieties. One was just the money time thing. And it was it was uh, because he was a startup because they were smaller, but it was like all self imposed. And any good manager is going to go like, like, go. To, I don't care about you going to California to mine the product if you're going to get a day's worth of, you know, what you're going to get out of it's a ton of stuff. Why you know, like, nobody really turned that stuff down if they're decent. If there's people right. in dining, like I, I just I don't like it's it's more anxiety on his part than it is. So part of this is how do you help? So to help with this one is how do you build the case for for um, enabling people to go talk to their managers because they want to come. Yeah. Because my belief is people don't have that open window, and so now they have to make a more compelling case. So I think we need to hear a few more about how did they make the case.
0: It'd be interesting when you talk to the person that has come back time after time, it's like, did they have yeah. to make the case each year? Or is it like after but I
2: the think, first, I think, you think know, everybody has to make the case except for the owner. The owner literally can just decide what he wants to do. He doesn't have to make any case. Right, right. right? Yeah, I think, it's
0: like, is it a harder sell when you've gone one time and you're taking back all this awesome stuff or not, you know?
2: Right. Well, I think the the second the second one is the wife schedule. Like, I think we need mm-hmm. to pay attention to this one because it, it again, it's not going to apply to everybody. But the notion of so we're we're starting at twelve on Monday, so you can drop your kid off at school. Right. Or we're starting Tuesday because of blah blah blah. So my thing would be something can you do something along those lines to make sure it's um, you know that they, they they know specifically why you're doing it because. You seem to really
0: appreciate that yeah yeah and i'm yeah exactly basically whatever finding some ways that we can recognize that like these people have personal lives and families and maybe it's how we're arranging the schedule i I wonder if it's even like how we market industry at some point too you know like it could be a page not necessarily a heavy page but like on like bring your family and here's all the fun things around town or something I yeah, know. but
2: I think, I think in some cases they don't want to bring their family because I think, that, like, right. if you listen to him, he wanted to learn so much. So it was like getting away from right. the family. He would never say it yeah, that yeah. but, but So sure. I'm not sure I would, I would do it that way. So the other, thing, the other anxiety had was it was being long enough that, that, that it would warrant the travel, but also being uh, relevant enough that I could bring something back.
1: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now, back to the show. So that was interesting. If I follow the three anxieties were, one, proving to your boss that the conference is actually worth attending. Two, getting buy-in from your spouse to attend. And three, figure out how to bring back what you actually learned from the conference to your team and apply it. That's right. And really... All three of those, there's a
0: lot that we can focus on. And the first one, maybe that seems somewhat obvious, but the second one, I'm not so sure that this is really even thought of by event organizers very much. Yet, we all know that people have personal lives, but I don't know, the conferences that I've
1: always attended and honestly, even industry, like that anxiety isn't really addressed. So earlier You said that you had a story for us. I I imagine that from the recap call you had with Bob, something really stood out. You applied what you learned. Was it addressing a push, a pull, an anxiety? It was. In fact, it
0: addresses sort of the first and third anxiety together. So- Within the interview, Matt talked about how he spent a lot of time putting together these sketch notes during the conference. It's something he enjoys doing, and he actually shared them on Twitter throughout the conference.
1: Um, I I saw them. I think they're pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, I was actually sitting next to him as he was drawing them. They're phenomenal.
0: Yes, but... After digesting this follow-up call with Bob and thinking back on this, I was trying to reflect on like why was Matt even doing this in the first place?
1: No, it's a good point. Um, they take a lot of time. Um, so, if he's not doing them purely for fun, there must have been a reason that you guys figured out?
0: Well… I think so. So, you know, I was trying to think about these anxieties and Matt doing these sketch notes and it led me to thinking that he's probably doing these two. Number one, just allow himself to better take in the content. I mean, for some people, and I would put myself in this camp, like just taking the notes themselves, whether or not they even go back to them, like it helps digest what the person's actually learning. At least that's how it works for me. Um, and two, you know, later on, Sharing these with other people, like that's another important thing. I mean, Matt was already sharing them on Twitter. That's how I actually found out about them. But I imagine he's sharing these with colleagues, his boss,
1: and this helps him show how the event was actually worth attending. And going back to the third anxiety, these notes also help with envisioning what you could actually take action on too. Exactly. So what did you do with it? What we thought to ourselves, okay, how can we
0: help with these anxieties? And one way Matt tried to alleviate it for himself was taking these sketch notes. We thought, what if we could take the notes ourselves? Taking notes at your own conference? Well, hiring somebody to take the notes. But yes, like what if rather than every single attendee feeling the pressure to, you know, feverishly jot down every single nugget of info into their moleskins, what if we were to take care of that for them?
1: Ah, that's actually really interesting. And that's something that I don't remember any conference I've ever attended actually doing. And so are, are you doing this? We already did. So just a few weeks
0: ago, we held the European edition of industry in Dublin, Ireland. And for that conference, we actually hired a local journalist to come to industry and take notes for everybody. Our plan was to send these notes in real time to a designer that we work with so that when the attendees walk out of the final happy hour on the final day of the conference, this really nicely put together ebook containing professional notes taken by our resident journalist, Kevin, they would be waiting for them in their inbox. Ah, that's awesome. And What did people think? Well, we never announced this to anybody before the conference because honestly, all of this came together so quickly. This attendee interview that we're talking about in this episode, this took place just a couple of months before Industry Europe. And we didn't even find the journalist, Kevin, until days before the conference. So on the very first day of the conference, we announced that we knew that people feel this pressure to take notes when they're listening to talks and certainly welcome to continue to they're certainly welcome to continue to do that. But we had Kevin who would be doing this for everybody so that they didn't have to.
1: And what was the reaction? Well, I'm
0: not exaggerating when I say this. Kevin probably got the biggest ovation at Industry Europe. It was... pretty funny actually because as soon as we announced this you immediately heard the sounds of laptops snapping closed you saw people on kind of like a weight came off their shoulder just generally felt more relaxed
1: because now they can just enjoy the conference take it all in without the pressure of feeling forced to take notes that's that's amazing so are you planning on doing this for industry in cleveland i'm just asking for a friend here
0: <laughs> absolutely in fact we're going to have this be um In fact, we were going to have this be a delighter again and sort of a surprise for everybody. But instead, we just decided to make this a feature that we're communicating to attendees. Like now, when you look on the website, this actually is something that we highlight. So, yeah, when you purchase a pass to industry, one of the big takeaways will be this really nicely designed set of notes that you will get on the last day of the conference and you could take it home with
1: you and share. So it sounds like this one single interview that Bob Mesta helped you conduct is already paying off. Would you say you're a, what, a jobs to be done expert
0: now? (laughs) Not quite, not quite at all, but we're definitely doing more interviews and each interview that we do, it helps uncover something new. Um, So I'm not an expert yet, but I am definitely a, a big advocate, I would say.
1: So somebody's trying to do this for the first time. What suggestions do you have?
0: Yeah. Well, first off, I would say, just get into it. Like, don't worry too much about not knowing the process. Just at first, start interviewing people and you'll get more comfortable every single time. Um, And I'd also recommend, as Bob always does, to just go as deep as you possibly can with the people that you're interviewing. Um, Again, Bob likens it to doing research for shooting a documentary. So, Don't be afraid to just keep digging in with a customer on a very specific point that they're trying to make. If you need more detail, just ask for it.
1: And that's something that might not be so natural. It it may even feel like a little awkward, right? Really drilling into somebody on a point that probably seems trivial, like where they were specifically when they first thought about a certain product they considered purchasing.
0: That's definitely true. But the more detail that you can get from somebody, the better. Anything else? Yes, don't get too bogged down by the terminology. Um, You heard Bob talk about things like pushes and pulls and anxieties. And these things definitely matter. But just think of it this way. When somebody purchases a product, there had to be a reason. Just dig in as much as you can on what that reason was. Nothing is purchased by accident. Now, sometimes those reasons that a customer
1: may give you, they may be surface level. So again, you just have to keep digging. I like that. Nothing is purchased by accident. Um, it's a good one. So what's next? Well, again, we will continue to do more of these interviews. Just
0: every single one helps us. And in fact, I will put out a little plug here. If anybody out there has been to a professional conference in the past and you'd like to be interviewed about it, and it doesn't have to be industry, it could be any sort of professional conference that you've been to, send me a note at
1: mike@productcollective.com. At
0: Maybe we could chat about it.
1: And any new delighters plan for industry this fall? Well, we will just have to see about that, Michael, won't we? (laughs) Yes. Yes, we will. Thank you for tuning into Rocketship.fm. If you're listening right now... Go forward in the feed a little bit. We just launched the first episode of season five where we follow three amazing entrepreneurs and product people. We go behind the scenes and listen to real conversations that real product teams are having. It's absolutely incredible. Stay tuned. I'm going to play the trailer and if you want to just skip the trailer, just go over to season five, episode one titled Introducing.
2: I was sitting on the beach, staring, staring out at the ocean with my laptop. And all I was thinking about was I really wish there would be some clouds so I could work. And it was like the most perfect place to be. And all I wanted was clouds so I could work. And that's when I realized that I was far more burnt out than I thought on
1: season five of rocket Chip, We're exploring the lives of three product people with products and companies at different stages, but who are all working to make the world a better place through technology. We introduce you to Gunto the VP of growth and marketing at Auth0 who takes us
0: behind the scenes, joining their team on their yearly offsite to see what it's like when 350 people converge on a small town in Panama. I would like to change my answer. Um, you asked me how long I was going to be at Alt Zero. I said four back then. I'd like four to years. update. Yeah, four years. And I think I'd want to update it to forever. <laughs>
1: We travel with CEO Krish. He expands his company Chargebee across the Pacific Ocean, from their humble beginnings in Chennai to opening international offices in San Francisco and Europe. In
2: between, in the apartment, and said, "Okay, so this side is your home, this side is the office, and then we put some four tables. Got our laptops." And we were all set because pretty much everything else was in the cloud. And finally,
0: we follow Lee Tangum on his early morning code sprints as he brings a new product for small businesses to life in under 30 days.
2: success over these next 30 days is going to be measured by whether or not we can find that perfect market that truly needs this product that we're building.
1: Season 5 of Rocketship.fm coming to you on July 10th on the Podglomerate Network. Subscribe today.